0: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, discussion. My guest today, Daniel Estelin and Pat O'Brien. Unfortunately, Daniel Estelin will not be with us today. He has lost his voice, having given so many interviews over the last three or four days in Spain. But uh, very pleased today to have Pat O'Brien, former journalist who has rediscovered the art of investigative journalism, uh, a veteran uh, journalist with 30 years experience. And Pat, uh, so uh, pleased to have you back on the program today.
1: Uh, David, I'm I'm pleased to be here. Um, the events that are happening now, um, it's uh, kind of good to be back in the news business, although I never thought I would do it again. But for you, my friend, I'm here.
0: Well, let's uh, jump straight into this. We're going to look at a, a wide range of issues from the famous Bilderberg Group all the way through to the current conditions in the Gulf. And we know now at day 52, That we have a fairly serious situation in the Gulf with the BP oil spill and we have an economy that is not looking too good. Um, And wanting to start again with a tribute to those 11 people that died uh, during these events of this terrible explosion on board the oil rig in the Gulf. Uh, They are true heroes today and we remember them and their families at this great time of loss. Why don't we start today, Pat? I know that you have done uh, or completed many, many weeks of research into a whole wide spectrum of issues around not only the economy in the States, but also globally. Why don't we start briefly on the Bilderberg Group and let's expand from there? What are your conclusions? Uh, what do we have us uh, faced uh, today with, n- not only the Bilderberg Group but also other organizations across the world?
1: Well, there are many, <laughs> and they were hitherto kind of called secret organizations and. Um, You know, I've never been one to be in the conspiracy theory. Um, You you just feel like um, you can't go that route. Um, You know, secret societies, uh, not really really true. Until I need, before we get into that, just to give you a little bit of reason why I went back into investigative journalism for your show, David. It's important. Um, my company was, uh, is a uh, company that uses green technologies to be able to clean up environments, both indoors and outdoors. And we were working on Haiti as the earthquake happened there, and we were trying to work and put our, some of our products in there. We had a way of reducing the disease in Haiti, both through the mosquitoes and other various ways by as much as 85%. I was getting ready to roll out a national company uh, called GermPros. Uh, there's a website there, but we didn't do that because we found out that for some reason, even working with Congressman Lampson, a former uh, congressman from Texas, he's been out there about a year and a half, uh, Congressman Lampson wasn't making any headway, and we couldn't figure out if we had a product that would reduce the disease by eighty-five percent. Why wouldn't somebody want to jump on that? Especially like the Clinton Bush Foundation.
0: Can I or, uh, can I can I ask at that point, Pat? How long have you been involved in that research, that business, in in accomplishing this to where you have a very safe product to offer?
1: We started collecting them about ten years ago. Got involved with a little MLM that had air purification, and from that. We started collecting technologies uh, that um, would be environmentally friendly and would clean up primarily indoor environments. And then we got into a phase where we found ways to clean up outdoor environments, and we did it under a company called Air Tech Solutions for You. Um, and then we decided to take the program national into what's going to be called germ pros, and at some point. In time, we may do that. But right now, as an American, and a very frustrated American, I'm saying that if there's a voice and if my investigative journalism skills would help open the eyes of people as to what's coming, I need to dedicate myself there. I I couldn't do it any other way. And as the congressman and I got kind of stonewalled, we couldn't figure out why. and We couldn't find out why the money was going uh, to, um, into Haiti as it was supposed to. We found out that less than 7% of the Red Cross money collected for Haiti was uh, going into Haiti. We worked with um, a number of foundations and found out that the supplies weren't there. We found out that when the TV cameras left, so did the volunteers and so on and And in that i'm going I'm scratching my head, and I'm working with Congressmen and senators and everybody that said they supposedly wanted to help, but I couldn't figure out what that reason was now can okay. we can
0: can we assume at this stage, Pat that the conditions in Haiti are no better today than they were perhaps uh, twelve or fifteen weeks ago?
1: Well, there were for a number of different reasons. Number one, you have people getting sick by the day. You have people dying. The death rate has gone from instead of having uh, one out of eight die it's now one of five that die um, We're also looking at instead of being in what's called the rainy season in haiti we 're now in hurricane season
0: so you you have
1: billions of people that are without homes and without no shelter I see the reason for that is they're laying in their own feces. Um, There are diseases that we haven't even heard of and our original thought was is to protect the rest of the world. We know there were people volunteers going in there and then flying out of there and our concern was that Haiti would be an exporter of disease. We banged our heads against every wall that we possibly could. We made great ground with the Haitian government, especially in Port-au-Prince. Um, and at the same time, we felt like we were getting stonewalled. There were no funds, no funds to be able to pay for anything. Now, what, so is, the, now,
0: what is the situation today? Is that still the case that there is no funding either from the uh, charity sector or the, the NGOs or the government?
1: Well, as you know, we did a show just recently uh, with a lady who handles the legal affairs for Haiti, and, um, it's archived in, I uh, your site. Um, we only have to go back about a week to find that show. And you'll, you know, she was the one that reported that, in fact, it's just getting worse and it's going to be worse. And they're waiting, somebody is waiting for a hurricane to come. Ezily Danto is who we did the show with. And you can go back and look at that show. It was about Haiti and BP. Go back and look at that show and listen to it and you'll see um, how bad it is. But I just uh, called uh, and spoke to some of my people that we know in Haiti. Uh, It's even worse than it was a week ago.
0: So we have have a situation now uh, that is escalating in Haiti and we know that they have the rainy season. I'm not sure that the rainy season has been as bad as they suggested, but nevertheless, it's impacting them even further. And now we're looking at this dreadful oil spill in the Gulf. Uh, What is the the impact now? We have a sort of double whammy as it were now.
1: Well, and that's what happened. I said, well, I'm being stonewalled here. And then I got a call from one of my suppliers and said, hey, do you know we have an emulsifier product, a product that is better than the current product that's being used by BP to clean up this, uh, because the product that they use is extremely toxic.
0: And what is the name uh, of that product?
1: It's called core uh, It's called Cor- it. Corexit. C O R E X I T.
0: Now, is it uh, is it is it accepted that that product, uh, notwithstanding the fact that it can clean up the oil? it can sweep up the oil, has some sort of after effect. Can you define that after effect and what that uh, is going to do in the long term?
1: Well, we've all now in Washington News have heard the word dispersant. Uh, Let me just just kind of break it down to you as how they get to dispersant, and then I'll go on just a little bit to give a, a history of what these products are. They use the same product immediately following the Exxon Dal-D spill, and uh, that product, as you know, um, disperses the oil, and it will do that in a small spill. So that it eventually, the concept is: eventually, if you have a small spill, it will spread out, and you know, may take up a um, number of acres and maybe square miles and whatever, but eventually idea is that uh, those dispersants will then be kind of absorbed by the uh, the water well the problem is these dispersants the way they do it is it starts out with a surfactant a surfactant is like saying dawn soap As a matter of fact if you not to pick a product but that's what it is it's soap and um, that's what you see that blue stuff that they're cleaning up the pelicans with now in the Gulf. It's nothing more than dawn soap. It's a surfactant. The next step in a process is turning it into like a Correxit product. Now, the Correxit product, according to the EPA, they have approximately 13 products that are used in the uh, Gulf, 14, 13, 14 products that are produced in um, our seas, in our ocean, and uh, in our Gulf. Of those 14 products that are on that list, okay, it's number four, the product they're using, this corrected product, is the fourth at the top of the toxic products you could use. Now, gee, how could that happen? Why would they pick the most toxic product to use? now when of, one uh, to the
0: bottom. Out of that, that toxic product, then, that, that's going to create this problem for the ecosystems, is it going to create a problem not only for animals, but is is that capable of of providing a problem for humans?
1: Well, it's already doing it. Um, I mean, I don't think that anybody who's following the news um, will know about, and there's only been a few stories because a lot of the news that we're getting gets suppressed. However, we're already finding, remember the fishermen just about three, four days ago, that were out there and had to be called in and became overcome uh, by the air they were breathing, well, that's going to happen. And the the closer to the shores that it comes, yes, it can be dangerous to humans as it is to the wildlife, as it is to the fish who are dying and rolling up on the shores. Uh, It is not the oil that's doing them in as much as it is the toxic chemicals that are in that corrective product.
0: Now, you are uh, one of how many organizations that could potentially use a green product without these after effects in the United States right now?
1: There are many. Kevin Cosner just went before um, uh, the house and, uh, you know, he has a product his brother had, and you probably have heard that in the news. I know of uh, three uh, different manufacturers that could produce as much product. However, what BP, Exxon and the um, um, uh, BP Exxon, and who's the third one? There's another one, have bought up all of the surfactant product, 100% of it, on the market. My two uh, manufacturers that I know make a product that goes to the next step, which is called an oil emulsifier. This is the kind of product they should have been using in the first place. What an emulsifier does is actually breaks down the oil and turns it into a food for the natural bacteria in the sea, and it will go away without any problems within eight to 28 days, depending on the particular product that you would use. There are other products out there that have a similar capability. What they should have done is just let the oil go there. Let the tankers that they've got go in and try to suck up as much as they could and not use that poison, uh, dis- that poison um, uh, uh, product that they used in the Exxon Valdez spill. And what, give you a little
0: history. What is the, What is the experiences that we've learned very briefly, because time is passing by so quickly, uh, from the Valdez crisis? What are they suffering in uh, e- ecological terms and, uh, and also social terms up there so many years afterwards?
1: Well, I, I just saw a report on CNN, and uh, I'll give them credit for going up there and asking that very question. And here's what, here's what the story is. The, the alcoholism rate since the Exxon Valdez of the poor fishermen up there has gone up. The domestic disputes are up. The wildlife still has not come back. The area is dead. Sarah Palin uh, spoke of it just recently. I heard her uh, regarding the Exxon Valdez. They did it the same way. And let me tell you what was is the nefarious part of this whole situation. Nelco Corporation, N A L C O Corporation, is a is made up of executives from both BP and Exxon. Nalco is based out of Houston. Now, when you look them up, you'll see really at first, there's not much to it, but wait a minute. Why is it BP is selecting the correct product to use? Well, they're doing it because basically they're putting, and this is research, everything we're going to say today. I'm the old fashioned journalist. I have to have three sources before I will report anything. Um, that's the way I grew up in the news business. Nowadays, you can just go with what AP says, but no, this is verifiable, three separate sources, everything you will hear. Nelco makes this Correxit product. BP buys it from the Corexit, uh from uh, the uh, Nelco company. Now, they're buying this poison that they're using in our Gulf. What they're doing basically is BP is taking money out of one pocket and putting it into their own other
0: pocket. Now, what is the what is the ramifications today? Uh, I know that we're at day 52. We have an awful lot of oil out in the Gulf. What is the situation along the Louisiana and east coast of Florida in terms of the impact on the economy and jobs?
1: It's... Uh, i live in the state of florida i live on east coast just south of the kennedy space center and i can tell you the local reports are awful to see um i i know of people uh, that are losing their clam farms for example um there's clam farms that are up in that area that are in jeopardy right now as we speak the pensacola beach pensacola mayor was saying Come on down. This is the start of our tourism season, just the beginning of this month. is the start of the tourism season in Florida. And um, he was still up until the day before yesterday saying, Come on down. The beaches are fine. Come on down. And now that beach is closed. It's filled with toxic chemicals.
0: So so in actual fact, the oil has reached land now.
1: Oh, yes. And and, uh, Bobby Jindal. Governor Bobby Jindal out of Louisiana, I'm watching him just waiting in oil and trying to find ways to clean it up. I've talked to Plotman's Parish and uh, Billy Nussinger and uh, talked to his people. Um, they're all concerned. Louisiana is losing tourism, Alabama, everywhere around the coast, and that's now starting to get into Florida. Yes.
0: Uh, carry yeah. on. You're, you're good. I, yeah. I do have a there's, question in, in a
1: minute. Okay. There, um, to watch this as a Floridian, knowing what I now know after these 50-so days of researching it, um, I'm scared to death, frankly. But, you know, one of the things that being in the southeast, and or if you're in Oklahoma, for example, or in areas where, you know, Oklahoma, tornadoes come and go and bang, the city is gone one thing about tropical storms coming we see it coming a long way out we know weeks ahead of time that these things are building up i kind of see this pp oil spill is a similar situation that the it's like a hurricane coming we know it's going to come quite frankly from what we know and what we will say in today's program um This disaster is not stoppable. And we'll get into why we know that in just a few minutes.
0: Now, can I ask the. I understand that there's an awful lot of sunspot activity this year that is going to increase the number of hurricanes and the strength of the hurricanes. What is the potential for taking that? From the Gulf area and the the east side of Florida, and swinging this oil um, in inland and also around the east coast.
1: Well, again, what we have here is a a bathtub in the Gulf of Mexico right now, I and mean, you can look and see how much oil is in there. It's enough to cover New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, uh, all together. If you do an overlay. Um, for those people that know the Northeast, um, the the impact of a hurricane would be absolutely devastating at this point in time. We've been in a hurricane season since June 1st, and it won't be long before we will see one coming off from the coast of Africa. Now, if that happens and takes a ride up through the Gulf Coast, it will literally cover every bit of the Gulf Coast of the United States. Now... A second thing happens. Along the state of Florida, if you know about the Grand Canyon, and if you ever had the chance to look inside or see a picture of the Grand Canyon, there's a Colorado River runs through it. Well, right off the coast of Florida, same thing is there. It's a canyon, as deep as the Grand Canyon, that also has like an underground river, but it's not. It's an underwater river that comes into what's called the the Gulf Loop. That Gulf Loop goes right around the state of Florida, goes over the Florida Keys, comes back up the the east coast of Florida, and will touch, because it comes so close, to West Palm Beach. It'll hit again in the area that I'm in, which is uh, Cocoa Beach. Many people know where that area is. It will go up through Jacksonville and it will go just like a hurricane anyway right up into like Wilmington North Carolina many people have seen those hurricanes well if we get a hurricane right now if it were to happen today right now the eastern seaboard of the United States as well as all of the gulf states would be covered in oil on their beaches
0: may i in, may i interject there Sure. Um, what is the participation of the public at the moment over there in becoming involved in attempting to clean this up? Do you do you see reports of people actually out there trying to help on the beaches?
1: Well, I see photo ops out of BP. Uh, you know where they've got people out on the beaches for a couple of hours and then they're gone. Um, I, I think it's. Uh, I think BP has stepped up. To the place where there are more workers out there today than there were a week ago. Um, however, uh, the general public is, uh, again, a lot of what is in the southeast is has to do with tourism. Uh, those jobs are being affected. Deep sea fishing is a way of life. Uh, we're waiting for the northerners to come back down to the, uh, to go deep sea fishing. That industry is going away quickly. So um, we so, shrimping has gone uh, you know a third of the, the food that the United States produces comes out of the southeastern Gulf.
0: So in conclusion in this part of the program is would it be correct to say that Correxit is indeed the wrong material to use as much as there possibly may be good intentions to expedite something uh, to uh see the end of the the oil it, it is the wrong product, so there's not much foresight here uh, a, a, in regards of that compound. What should uh, our listeners uh, consider here pat uh, in in perhaps looking or researching this product and, uh, and 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 forcing change to use a greener product
1: well one thing i have uh I've contacted my uh, senator. I'll give you an example. Senator Nelson has known about this and has had this information in his hand. Uh, he's a senator from the state of Florida. Uh, has had this information in his hands now for some six weeks. That's right. Within five, six days after the spill, uh, I kind of notified him, and then as it became more serious, as I did more investigation. Uh, I was working with uh, his right arm assistant Clint Odom, and before the last show that you and I did i I really put an ultimatum either he is part of the problem uh, or he's going to help the problem because i I outlined to them how this corrected product is going to damage our coast, and uh, it seemed to go on deaf ears. Um, I am working currently now with Senator Lemieux. I am hoping. I'm praying that one of these senators, I hope Bobby Jindal gets here hear of what we're doing as a governor. I hope Charlie Chris gets what we're hearing. Um, what I'm saying is that we're we're going to try to be a lead on this information. A lot of the networks aren't able to be able to say what they want to say. And a lot of that has to do, whether you believe in conspiracy theories or not. I'm just going to give you one, I have a number, and I'm going to ask you, as a listening audience, to write down. Just uh, do a, do a, just a search for yourself. Um, here's one, Bilderberg Group, B I L D E R B E R G Group. Some of you may have heard about it. Some of you may not. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, um, alarm anybody, but when you go in there you're going to look in, and maybe you might want to go with, say, Bilderberg Group plus, uh, let's say, Golden Sachs. Um Let's say Bilderberg uh, plus Bill Gates. Just try that search, and you're going to be going on forever. This is how we found our information. I'm actually holding my hand who attended, and we were going to do a, 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 um, a chat with Daniel Esselin, who has books on the subject and whatever today. Um, but, again, he couldn't be there with us. Uh, so I picked up on, on the research. I have in my hand the list of the attendees of the Bilderberg group. It would scare you. But it's online. You can find it.
0: What? Uh, uh, what? What is the – so we have these organizations. Um, some, may be uh, with good we, some may be attending with good intentions. Some may be attending with a viewpoint of simply – uh, encouraging uh, business and profits for the shareholders. But w- what are we looking at here, Pat? What is it that the public should know that these organizations are essentially um, trying to accomplish here?
1: Well, you've heard, I know, everybody has heard uh, George Bush say, one world order, okay, and that, uh, you know, we should become more of a, uh, a society that is melded together. Um, you've heard Obama say distribution of wealth. In my mind, that may mean simply uh, the wealthy get wealthier, not that it goes down from the wealthy to the poor. Um, when you have people, active members of this group, Rumsfeld, for example, um, when you have BP attending these meetings and Goldman Sachs attending these meetings, And many of the people that are in our government uh, at very high levels, names that you will know that attended this last meeting in Spain. Okay, well, you start looking at this thing and find out Bilderberg Group is just one of of many organizations that would like to see, as stated by Ted Turner, a Bilderberger, would like to say that we would like to have depopulation by 70% of the world's population. Bill Gates is on record as saying depopulation by 70%. That's their end goal.
0: Now, how does that fit in with the reasoning behind making profits as the pivotal objective? So it it seems strange that they, they want to... And I guess that in a way that we we have evidence of something here with Haiti uh, In the way that we've completely disregarded these 1.5 million people and then on the other side We have this intention to make as much money as possible in in a shorter time Which is probably evident when you look at the disaster in the Gulf at the moment
1: well um Yeah, that's the the concept. That's the American way. That's uh, what the Constitution said that we would um, be able to do as Americans that came here and as we built our small businesses and allowed them to grow big. That was what the whole intention of the Constitution was. But we no longer operate under the Constitution as it was written by our founding fathers. We've got a new set of rules, and those new set of rules have been put into play for some 200 years to change it so that it would be different. I don't want to go into the history. What I'd ask your listeners to do is to here's another one, Club of Rome. Put that one in and just Google it. Um, Mm -hmm. You do your investigative work. I've done mine. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but as you look into these groups, they all have the same goals. They want a one world government. They want a one-world bank. They are um, give you an example. The car industry here in the United States has been taken over literally by our government. Can you imagine um, the the founders of of Chevrolet, uh, you know, the building that builds this, you know, since in the early twenties, that is now owned by our government? Can you imagine? The banks, the bankers, the investors that are now saying, what happened to our business? The government owns it now.
0: now is the this housing
1: a... industry crash and so on. This is not an accident.
0: Is this, a, is this a objective of global privatization and minimal regulation, as it were?
1: It's government regulation, for sure. Our government is expanding by leaps and bounds. Nine out of every ten jobs that are created are created by our government, not by private industry, not by the small business guy who used to be important. Uh, No, this is all about greed and wealth, period. Creed, well, power. We have people on record that have said that to us.
0: If you look at the disaster in the Gulf and and its evidence, we have it in front of our eyes. There's there's no denying this. It's it's clear that this. If you really go down to the grassroots of it, that this disaster was in many ways man made we we know that that there were a, a lot of stocks sold uh, in very short time prior to the event we we were aware that um there was an awful lot of money made in wall street uh, you know what is this telling us for the future that the general public can look at themselves in order to uh reinvent themselves in in order to um uh, make provisions in case this sort of situation occurs again?
1: Well, um, there's a couple of things. You just mentioned something I'd like to add to if I can. Um, you mentioned short selling of stock. Um, CEO Tony Hayward dumped 33% of his stock in his own company prior to the spill, nearly six weeks prior to this spill. I have that in documentation. Um, The biggest stockholder of BP, Goldman Sachs, dumped their stocks at the end of the first quarter, uh, more than 42 percent of their stocks. And what that did is when the disaster happened, they made millions. Tony Hayward paid off his home in Kent. Now, on the other side of the waters, I know that in, in the U.K., many people are defending him and are saying Obama is being too tough on him. And I agree with that, that corporations should not be interfered with. They are the experts on being able to clean it up. Unless, I'm gonna add one other item and then I'll answer that question. We have been watching for over a month now that plume that they've been trying to cap. We have on authority that that's just one of two other major spills that may not be capable. What happened was the night of the oil rig disaster, BP executives and Transocean executives were heard in an argument about speeding up. this thing is costing us millions a day. I don't, ha- I don't care how you do it. I just want it done. I don't care if you have to use salt water. Well, salt water, it should be oil that's um, uh, protecting that, that drill bit as it goes down. They just said, "Drill, baby, drill." Okay. Well, they did, and that was the exact night of the explosion that killed 11 people.
0: Now, if you if you if you look at that, what is the responsibility of us, the public, to arrest this um, expedited? uh need to keep drilling for oil, to keep consuming. What what is it that we as people have to do? We surely have a responsibility here. I suppose if you were naive enough you could say, okay, everybody stop driving their cars tomorrow that's not going to happen. But we do have a massive responsibility in regards to this correct material, in regards to Helping the government to steer in the right direction rather than sitting by and watching it occur
1: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, use the words of uh, Governor Bobby Jindal today um, of Louisiana He said if this this moratorium on the oil drilling will put even more people out of work Will impact it now last uh, Tuesday through MoveOn.org, the George Soros organization. And I got wrapped up in the national story of this just by accident. I saw a TV report out of a CBS station in uh, Orlando, and it said there was going to be a vigil um, about the BP spill. Well, that's, you know, you figure it's a come by uh let's pray and um, you know let's uh, make this thing go away. All right, well, no, that wasn't it. These were organized all over the United States by MoveOn.org. And I actually tracked down a lady that the police department uh, was looking for who had put in the report to the television station without checking with the city, um, put it on the air. And I, my wife is one of the best researchers that I've ever met. And we found her within 10 minutes, and I was talking on her cell phone.
0: And I was going to say, you might uh, be um, offered a job at the local police station, Pat. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, actually, I got uh, thank yous out of the um, county clerk of this little small town. The park that they planted in was a 60-car parking lot. Uh, It's called Bicentennial Park, and it's in Indian River, Florida. They don't want to be in the Atlantic, I'm sorry. Um, You know, they didn't want to be in the news, and and here, they're in the news, and with three police officers, that's all they have, and usually one of those is gone, so they're looking at two police officers to handle a crowd coming out of Orlando and all of the east coast of Florida. Well, they put them in Dania, they put them in the Miami area, they put them literally all over the country, these visuals, and there was nothing more than a stop oil drilling now Protest.
0: What is the what is the capability or the strength of people in your area actually to listen to this program and other programs and actually do their research and arrest this problem not only with the chemicals but also with the oil drilling? Do you do you see a uh, enlightenment in people in your area that they will really want to step up with the responsibility to assure that we do this correctly.
1: Well, the people, the people that I thought would stand up, <clears throat> the the people that I thought would stand up, don't seem to be there. Um, you know, where's my governor of Florida? You know, um, he, he's got Obama coming in in a couple of days uh, to uh, Look at the sticky tar. Um, where's my senators? Where, where are they standing up and saying this corrective product has to be stopped now? They know that this is uh, this is an issue, but they are BP wasn't prepared, nor were their government prepared to be able to handle a disaster like we're looking at. You asked me the question earlier. What can what can our listeners do? Well, every listener that's on this program right now as a computer near them. That's how they're listening to this program. I suggest you start Googling and getting informed yourself. I've done my homework. I was a skeptic when I started, but I am convinced now that this was a planned disaster. I would go before Congress and swear on a Bible with all of the information that I collected that, in fact, and I probably will be called, In fact, that this was a man-made disaster with BP at the helm.
0: Now, what are the, as we close down towards the end of the program, what are the solutions that we have to look at here um, in the immediate term in in regards to the the severe problems that you have in your area?
1: First thing is get the correction product stopped. Get uh, messages to the EPA. Stop using Correxit. Get it to your senators, your congressmen, and whatever. Stop using the Correxit product because the dispersant product that's made for the emulsifier, there is none for these companies that could really help. There's none to be found until they stop it and let these factories that make the dispersants get their stockpile back up again. We're looking at about two weeks for anybody that has a solution to put that solution where they can maybe protect the east coast of the United States. That's number one. You've got to stop the correct product. Number two is you got to look at what I said before as this is like a hurricane that's coming. Anybody in the Gulf Coast and around the the eastern seaboard of the United States right now needs to be prepared and say, look, what am I going to do if this thing really hits? Supposing O'Brien is right. Supposing his, his homework is right. What am I going to do with my life over the next two, three, five years? What am I going to do? Now, it's again, it's like knowing that the disaster is going to hit your town. Because what this will bring to is in the worst case scenario, which it is, because they're not even talking about the other spills that are out there, that we have confirmed by BP UK insiders that will be on this program in the near future. We're only trying to put out the information. We didn't go into a lot of facts and figures that I have. We didn't go into how many groups like the Illuminati and whatever that are involved with this whole, what isn't a conspiracy, it's now fact. We're not going to go involved why that is. The only thing I can say to you, and we're going to do a number of follow-up shows. You've dedicated your show, David, to uh, for us to bring on guests that we have solutions. This is our first show in a series, if you'll look at it that way. One of the things that needs to be done is you've got to prepare for the worst-case scenario. You've got to stop your spending. You've got to do what the government should be doing. Stop spending. Hold on to every dollar you have. Figure out a different way to make a living if you're going to be impacted by this disaster.
0: You know, it's it, it's strange, though, isn't it? Um, The information, this information is calm and collected. We know that there is a problem. We know that we have a a problem with our economy, but is it not so, especially as yourself, Pat, looks back over your career and your life, that in actual fact, when you have such severe problems, it also presents the biggest opportunity for change towards a a great goal if people come together together. If they think together, if they um, look at themselves, um, take away those uh, notions of uh, pointing fingers, of feeling bitter, but simply work together towards a goal to combat not only problems like this but combat, uh, combat problems across the world. We can make this happen, can we not?
1: Yes, we can. We can. And again, I'm I'm not one when I I came from Vietnam and when I came home. I'm one of the guys that got spit on, okay? But I defended my country as an American. Uh, That's okay. That was their right to spit on me. That was their right to say whatever they wanted to say. I was a baby killer, okay, if that's what you say. Then I went into the news business and opened my eyes to what was really going on. And as life went on, I started seeing more and more things that were, were wrong. You know, if I told you that The two Bushes and Clinton are Bilderbergers. You wouldn't believe me, but you can look it up for yourself. Um, If I told you that Obama was the anointed one um, by the Bilderberg group and that Hillary was was going to be into the uh, Secretary of State position, you wouldn't really believe me until you do your own homework and your own research and find out for yourself. The, I had never gone to a tea party. I was I, never was I was. always in business all my career. I've had a number of businesses. I would never go to a tea party event. I went to the first one in Orlando just because my wife had a friend that was going, and I said, okay, I'll go. And I went to one, and I said, wait a minute, there's people, black, white, pink, orange, right, left, they're Americans. We're America here, and America has gone through so many different things that we can we can get through this. We will get through this, but we have to also look at what is coming. I think term limits, for example, are mandatory that we get our government to go with term limits because the big money, the big money that's in the beltway, as Congressman Lampson just told me, when he went to a recent visit to D.C., he said, that I don't even know the place anymore. There's so many people up there you can't even get to, to friends of yours. There's so many gatekeepers. They're not listening to the public. They're taking the money from the big corporations. Like Bill Gates is right now at the White House. Bill Gates is at the White House right now. And Warren Buffett threw his money in. The DuPonts are in the White House right now as we're doing our program. Okay, and Obama is talking to the big business people who are the problem, not the solution. The solution is smaller government and allow the small businessman to grow, the one that has always employed in, the, in America, the greatest number of people. We don't need bigger government. We need smaller government. So what can we do? Hey, go to a tea party in your area. They get involved because the political scene must change immediately, or we're going. We won't get through this thing. There is just as much as they are taking over now. Oil companies, they've taken over the banks. They take it. They want that one world order to come.
0: It's essentially our responsibility today to take a look at this and to do our own research and to listen to everything that's been told to us and to make up our own conclusions and to become involved with each other. Pat, it's been um, a great pleasure again. I know that we're going to be sharing programs early next week and uh, moving forwards, and uh, this has been um, a very uh, interesting and uh, helpful discussion today.
1: David, I I just uh, thank the Lord that you have this program and that you and I met. Um, We're going to be saying things that can't be said on network television because of the control uh, that they have. And when you go and investigate who owns these major corporations that are our media outlets, you'll know why. This one is just pure fact.
0: Pat O'Brien, thank you for joining us today. And uh, to our listeners, I would leave you with this information. It is in um, all our best interests to be responsible and accountable today. We have a way to overcome all these problems. We need to stop pointing fingers at each other, um, but actually to work with each other now and make this country and this world a great place to live in and to help in any way that we can. I thank you for that, Pat. And to our listeners, um, I hope that you have enjoyed this program as much as I have. And I hope that if you are in that area in the Gulf, that you are working diligently and protecting yourselves, taking care of yourselves, looking after your families, and knowing that at the end of the day, we will all succeed in finding a very, very bright future in this dark time that will be transferred into a wonderful time of opportunity wherever you are in this world.